Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Reese from Hope Center. Thank you for tuning back to our podcast. We're happy to have you here. I invite you to enjoy this message called Where is God in This that we just had on this Sunday, October the 4th. We love you. I hope it blesses you and please share with someone. And may God continue to bless you now and always. We'll see you next time. Now you can imagine how Job felt. A blameless, perfect man, good businessman. Everything was going right. And all of a sudden he loses his money, his finance, his well-being. And then he loses his family in one night. The only survivor was his wife. So the Bible describes that Job fell to the ground. He tore his robe. He shaved his head. And he yelled to to the heaven. I will praise the name of the Lord. Now, let's break that down. That's very strange. Because see, when somebody's taking my lunch at work, I get mad. When somebody took your parking spot, you get mad. When somebody took something that belonged to you, you get mad. Or you're like, why? Or what happened? For what reason? And the first thing we do is we try to what? Investigate. We try to find out what happened. We try to find somebody to blame or beat up. None of us, but yes, that's what happens. But what did Job do? He fell to the ground and he said that he worshiped the name of the Lord. What an example. But here's the thing. It kept getting worse. Remember, we said that we've gone through seasons where things just keep happening. Things just keep happening. You don't know why. As soon as that happens, an illness falls on Job. Leprosy. He had wounds and he had gushing uh, pus balls coming out of his body, the Bible describes. And it was so bad that people couldn't, they didn't even want to be around him. Now, it's safe to say Job was having a bad season. He was having a bad, bad, it was like 2020 back in the time of like COVID and all, stock market crash and all, amen? And he says in the Bible, it says in verse 21, that when he fell to the ground, he said something very specific. I want to bring that up on the, on the, on the, on the, on the screen. Naked, I came from my mother's womb and naked, I will depart. And the next thing he says is what you probably heard at funerals. It's become something so famous that has been coined. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken. May the name of the Lord be praised. And it says he did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Now, wait a minute. We're humans, right? We want to keep it real today? You're there watching me. We're going to keep it real. How would you have reacted? I can tell you I probably wouldn't have reacted the same, but I'm not a perfect man. The Bible hasn't called me blameless, called this man blameless. Yet he decides to not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. A little over two months ago, my wife and I faced something very difficult with the delivery of our baby. Very difficult. We had a plan. We had an idea of how things were going to go, but that was our plan. And God had other plans. And things went wrong. Things went south and they went south very fast, friend, very fast. And just like Joe, we couldn't explain why. We couldn't figure out why. She took all her vitamins. We did all the stretching. We did the yoga poses. We did everything. We were ready. We could have, there's nothing else we could have done to make this an easier delivery for our son. And what turned into a 36 hour labor ended up in an emergency hospital visit. Now follow me here because Again, I'm not Job, but I couldn't explain that certain situation. I couldn't understand why all of a sudden I'm in a hospital 
wondering if I'm gonna walk away from this hospital with my son or with my wife or either of them. But having read this story so many times before, I realized that Job did something that I wanna to share to you. He completely went silent after he became sick, after he lost his children and after he lost his fortune. He went silent. He decided to just zip it. And during this time, he had some friends that came along three of them, because they noticed that Job was just being quiet. He didn't want to say a certain thing. And I don't know why that fell onto me in that hospital, where I just didn't want to say anything. My wife's right behind me to keep me accountable. I just didn't want to say anything. And reading back this story, I realized why. Because he, my point that I want to share with you is, do not misplace your weakness. That's point number one. Do not misplace your weakness. Here's the thing. When things are going so wrong, when things are going so bad, the first thing we want to do is call somebody. We want to lean on something. We want to lean on somebody. But we don't know that sometimes leaning on that is going to make things worse for us. And so in that season where I find myself in a hospital with my wife for seven days without being able to leave, even out of the front door to go use the bathroom, I said, I have nothing to say right now. Because the minute I open my mouth, I'm going to become like a funnel to fear and doubt into my life. So I decided to be quiet. I decided to just literally not say anything. But I know I had one thing I could say. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. So every 30 minutes, they're walking in. Your baby's heartbeat's dropping too low. I praise you, God. Your wife's losing blood. I praise you, God. This is going bad, I praise you, God. She needs a transfusion, I praise you, God. Need an emergency surgery, I praise you, God. I praise you, God, I praise you, God. I just decided to praise you. When Job, before these friends arrive at Job's life, his wife comes along and finds him sitting in the ashes, naked, with a shaved head. And she says to him, do you still maintain your integrity? Why? Why don't you just curse the name of the Lord and be done with it? It be your own. It be your own to tell you to quit. The closest ones to you to tell you it's not worth it. His own wife said, why don't you just curse God and be done with all of this? But look how my man replied. So then he replied and he said, why then should we only accept God for good? Why can't we also accept him for other things, for the bad? Who am I to question the plans of God? This man is deep. This man is profound. And we later learned that his friends arrived and he had three of them. And here's why we need to not misplace our weakness. He began talking with them. They began, after the seven days of silence, he came and he sprung out and he started asking questions. Why is this happening? I don't understand. I'm a blameless man. I've sinned. I haven't sinned. And his friends would give him, the first friend would give him good advice. And we would give him, the Lord will be good. The Lord is just. We, we, we got some friends like that, right? Can you raise your hand? You got, you got one or two friends that will give you good advice. So the second friend comes and he also starts to give him good advice. The Lord is good. Stick to the Lord. The Lord will see you through. And then the third friend begins to give him advice as well. Job, you're going to be all right, Job. You're going to be all right, Job. Don't worry about it, Job. You know, I mean, he lost everything. You're going to be all right, Job. Don't worry. Tomorrow's another day. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But we're going to keep it modern. 
And that's what these, these three friends do. They do this for seven days with Job. So what happens? You ever have some friends that just get tired of you when you're in your low point? Huh? You ever have some friends that just get frustrated with you when they can't relate to your pain? You ever get some friends that get so tired of you that they decide that they just don't want to help you no more because they don't want to deal with you anymore because your pain is not their pain and your problem is not their problem. So why should they care more than you? That's what happens sometimes. Now, we don't need that type of friend. And so all of a sudden, a fourth friend shows up out of nowhere because by this time, Job said to the other three friends, be gone with all of you, miserable 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 comforters says the bible all you do is attack me and tell me that i'm that i'm selfish and that i need to explain myself to the lord and that the lord needs to give me an explanation but i need an explanation see job was in the wrong job felt that god owed him an explanation job felt that he needed to know god's plans job felt that he needed to know why this was happening so he begins to question why it's happening with those friends until they got tired of him but that fourth friend shows up, and these are the type of friends I like to have. A friend that shows up and checks them. Checks them with the word of God. And says, who are you to question what God has for you? Who are you to question the things that God wants to do in your life? Who are you to, de to decide when it happens or when it doesn't? Who are you? Those are the friends I want. Because it hurts. But it made Joe realize, you know what? I spend so much time misplacing my weakness in the wrong people that I know now where I need to go. Now I know. During this time, he engages with this fourth friend in this beautiful exchange of poetic-like back and forth in Job for several many chapters. And I, on your own time, I do encourage you to dive deep. This is one of the deepest, most beautiful, most profound books in the Bible. But we don't have time. But I can, I can tell you in a gist. We must be careful to deposit our weakness in the wrong places. Because when these people get tired of you, when people around you get tired of you, and then they decide that they no longer want to help you, you're left more alone than in the first place. Now, in those seven days where I would, funny enough, we were in the hospital seven days. In those seven days where we're in the hospital, and I don't even say anything, not even deep to my own wife. Now, believe me, I take comfort that I have an amazing wife that I can be weak with, that I can be vulnerable with. But I know that as a human, all she can do is comfort my weakness. But God is the one that will turn it into something else. God is something that will turn it. And this is exactly what Job did. Job did. See, there you go, I call him Job. He went and after becoming frustrated with his friends, he comes and then he goes to the Lord with his anguish full of despair, full of pain. You can imagine he lost everything. He lost it all. He lost, the only thing left was his wife. And even she went too comforting. Marriage ministry on Saturday, sign up Brother Richard. <laughs> My second point that I want to share with you is that it's not always about you. Somebody tell your friend, somebody tell next to you, so whoever's there watching, it's not always about you. Somebody say, what does that mean, pastor? Glad you asked. In chapter 38, Job gets tired of talking to everybody else and decides to talk to who he needs to talk to, the Lord. So he keeps coming to the Lord. Lord, why? Lord, explain. Lord, this. Lord, this. Lord, this. Lord. 
You ever get annoyed with somebody that keeps coming to tell you how to do what you know how to do best? How are you going to tell me that you don't put the butter on the baked potato first? I do this. You know that the Lord got annoyed with this brother? After so many times, Job kind of tell God, how is it that this and why is it that that and why haven't you said this and that? You ever seen the Lord lose his patience? I'm about to show you. Because what he say, we can't always accept God for good. We have to accept him for everything. So the Lord gets tired of this brother Job. He gets tired. And he comes down and he speaks to him through a storm. He already had three storms. The Lord comes down in another storm. What is that telling us? That the Lord likes storms. So I don't know why we're all afraid of them. And so instead of uh, hiding from the storm, we need to learn, we need to learn to brace for the storm. And we need to learn to get ready for the storm. Because, hey, if God is a God of storms, why would I be afraid of them? So God loses his patience with our good boy Job. And I want to read to you exactly how it was. The Lord comes and he says to Job, call if you will, but who will answer you? He says, he says, you have questioned me. Now you will be quiet and you will listen for I will question you. Now, many people always ask for God to speak. Be careful. He don't speak like I speak or you speak or, or the nice person speaks. God speaks how he's going to speak. And he goes and he answers Job with a question. How frustrating is that? Where you need an answer, but he, is, he ends up with a question. And God says, now I will question you and you will listen and you will answer. And he goes on for four different chapters, different chapters following this. He literally sunned him and he goes in this chapter. He says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, because obviously you understand. I'm not paraphrasing. This is in the Bible. In 38. Who marked off the dimensions of the earth? Surely you know, don't you? Who stretched a measuring line across it? On where were the footings set for the foundation of the earth? Who shut up the sea behind the doors when it was burst from the womb of the earth? When I made the clouds the garment enwrapped in thick darkness. When I fixed the limits for it and set its doors and bars in place. When I said, this far you will come darkness. Surely you know. You were already born back then, were you? Have you ever given orders to the morning? That it may take earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it. The earth takes shape like clay under my seal. The wicked are denied their light and they are appraised, their appraised arm is appraised and broken. Have you ever journeyed to the spring of the sea? Surely you know you created it, didn't you? What was, a, what was where the light was founded and when did darkness stop? I did that. So Job came and he said, Father, you have spoken and I am not worthy to answer. See, God wasn't done sunning him. You would have think God would have became merciful and he would have been like, okay, you've understood that you don't understand. You've understood that you understand that it's not about you and that you can't comprehend the things that I comprehend because I created them. 
the Lord is speaking to somebody today. I'm not going to point no, but the Lord is speaking to people, those people that just want to know everything and understand everything when it has nothing to do with them in all actuality. How do I know? Let's keep going in Job. So when Job says, I've, you've answered, you have spoken and I have listened. God says, okay, you think I'm done. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you once more and you will answer. He continues in two more chapters asking him about the creation of earth and if it was him the one that did it if he's the one that gives life to dead things if he's the one that brings dead things to life now if that's not a regañada <laughs> i don't know what is if that's not a schooling and a scolding and a scorning i don't know what is but why did that happen to Job? because he wasn't minding his business Tell your neighbor, mind your business. What is my business? Whatever God chooses to let me know. Whatever God chooses to show me. Whatever God chooses to express to me. So if God hasn't told me directly, guess what? It's not my business. Towards the end, God comes back in the scripture and he says, surely you know about all of these things, right? Since you created them, you know more than me. Job was humbled. He was ashamed. He lowered his head and he had no answers for the Lord. And he apologized for having come against the Lord, thinking that the Lord owed him any explanations. And guess what God does? He disappears. And Job is left asking, where is God in this? I asked for an answer and he gave me a question. I asked for a solution and he gave me a riddle. I asked for comfort and he scorned me. He scolded me. In the beginning of this story, I left out an important part on purpose. When God called the angels to present themselves and then Satan came along, after God asked them, where do you come from? He said to Satan, Satan said to him, from walking and roaming all over the earth, back and forth and to and from. Why? Because the devil didn't have nothing to do. The devil was looking for something. He was looking for something to do, something, a way to shame God. So then let's go back. God says to him in the, in the first chapter of Job, then he said, have you considered my servant Job? Now, why would God offer you up on a platter to the adversary, to the demon, to the, to the devil? Why would God say to the devil, oh, you have nothing to do. You got some free time. You're looking for something to do. Have you considered my servant, Job, a blameless man of prosperous lands, of prosperous family, a man who shuns evil? And here's what Satan said to him. I bet you that if you take everything you've given to him, he will curse your name. That's what the devil said to God. Now, I'm not saying God is a betting man, but God knows what he has, amen? God knows what he created. And so God says to the devil, you gotta bet. Take everything he has, take it from him. It's in your hands, but you will not touch his life. So the first storm, the second storm, the third storm came because God allowed the devil to wipe him of all the things he owned, including his family. 
And after he got the leprosy, the devil came back to God, it says in the second chapter, and it says that he asked him, where do you come from, Satan? He replied again, from roaming the earth, from walking to and from. So why? Because the first time he tried to do it, it didn't work. So the God says, have you still considered my servant, Job? Now by now, Job lost everything, full of despair, full of grief, full of pain, with no answers, and God had already told him, you don't know nothing. And you would think God wouldn't pile on more to him, would you? But no, he tells the devil, try it again. And the devil says, when I touch his flesh, when I touch his bone, he will curse you in your face. And God says, you got another bet. Touch his flesh, touch his bone, hit him to the core. Try to take his son before he was born. Try to kill my wife while she's giving delivery. Try to make me curse the name of the Lord. Not today, not tomorrow. No, absolutely not, absolutely not. And it says that that's when that sickness came onto, onto Job, the leprosy. It said that there was a broken piece of pottery on the ground in the remains of the house that had fallen and he was scraping the skin, the flesh, the rot off of his bones because people did not want to be around him. See, to some people, your problem, your situation will smell like that to some people. Your situation will make people want to get away from you. Your situation that you're trying to clean yourself up, people will be like, I'm gonna wait till they got it together to come back around, or that's too much for me to come back and help my friend or my family. I'd rather be left scraping the flesh off of my bones than to have bad company that will make me curse the name of the Lord. So sometimes in your story, in your storm, or in your flood, it's better to just be quiet. Be quiet. I say that respectfully, but just be quiet. The minute you open your mouth, you open your heart, you open your mind, you open it for the devil to try to touch your bone, your flesh, so that you can do the very thing the devil thought he would make Job do, is curse the name of the Lord. But nevertheless, Job did not. Why? It wasn't so much because he was a strong man or so much because he was so perfect in his soul or in his body. It was because we've heard the old saying, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. This is true in this story. If he had already been beaten up so bad, if I hadn't already been in the hospital with IVs through all of my arms in February, if I hadn't been through all of the things that I went through in 2019, you would think God would give me an easy 2020, right? But no, he scared me half to death by making me think if my son or, was gonna make it or not. God decides when he does it. God decides when he takes and when he gives. And I've learned to just be quiet and praise the name of the Lord. Suddenly, after the devil hit him twice, suddenly, after your second storm has come, your second bad season, your second 2020, your second COVID attack comes, the Lord is gonna show you his power. Amen. Hear me clear. He may not explain anything to you. And I've learned to be okay with that. What I don't know, I don't know. And what I know, I know. 
And see, I've learned a few things that even though I don't know why God is doing what he's doing, I've learned a couple of things. I learned that the same baby that the devil tried to kill just got cleared from any and all therapy needed for the rest of his life. I know that when the devil's afraid of somebody's purpose, he's gonna try to take you out early. So even before he took his first breath, he was already fighting, but he made it because he's gonna give hell to the devil every single day of his life. I know that as I was collapsed in room 303 of delivery at George Washington, as they wheeled my wife away in a bed, I know where my help comes from. I know. And I know that so long as I live, I may lose it all. I may not understand. I will not open my mouth for the benefit of the devil, for the benefit of the adversary. I know. So when Job understood after he got pretty much smacked on that he doesn't need to know or understand, he realized what he does know, that God never fails. And so God, after that, and if he shows the devil, he used Job to shun the devil and show the devil that he's wrong, that those who really do believe me, those who really do follow me and love me will not curse my name. No matter what I take from them, no matter what I do or do not give them, no matter what they go through. See, God's looking for people that aren't remembered by what they have, what they build, what they acquire. He's looking for people that are remembered who live testimony to testimony to testimony to testimony. Now, I've been through some things. Many of us have too. I've been through some things, some back-to-back -back stuff, just constant, just out of nowhere. And as a human, as a man, you do ask yourself, why? But it's until you release those words that things will go wrong. There was a conviction in my heart at George Washington Hospital that the minute I open my mouth to say something negative, the minute I open my mouth to say something against God, my son wouldn't have made it. My wife wouldn't have made it. I would have walked out of that hospital alone. So you have to understand the value and the importance of speaking when you need to and not when you, have, when you don't have to. And when you do speak, you do not misplace your weakness. You put it where it belongs. It's okay to be weak. I was weak. I had no idea what to do. How do you comfort somebody who's in so much pain? How do you comfort somebody who can't understand you, who has barely two minutes of life, and then they take them away from you? How do you comfort yourself when you don't understand? But like I said, I do know some things now after so many storms. I do know that my God always comes through, that my God will always come through. Now, testimonies are great, but it requires a test. There's a test in the front of your testimony. Wordplay there, I didn't make that up. But I don't wanna live from testimony to testimony. I wanna live from trustimony to trustimony. Because the difference is that God already tested me. God already tested some of you, but I want God to start trusting me that he can use my life, my life, my life, your life, your life to prove the devil wrong. And if God wants to do that and not explain it to me, so be it. Amen. Glory to God. Because I know there's some people in here watching and in this living room that because they decided to follow God 
some of their family members are still alive. That is your testimony. God trusted you when there was no one else in your family. I know there's some people in this room and in, that are watching that because they decided to follow God, they're still alive right now. They came out of a situation. They came out of a storm. They came out of a sickness. God restored debt. God restored families and marriages and relationships with children because they decided to follow Jesus. Why? Because he trusted you. I don't go into your house. They don't go into your house. No one goes into your house. You're the one in your house. And God is trusting you for your testimony so that I can show the devil that he will not kill your family. That he will not kill your purpose or your destiny or the things that you were supposed to do on this earth. God wants to use you and trust you, even if you don't understand, friend, that there is a purpose beyond you and beyond me. We cannot go around trying to explain everything. Take it from a person who did that most of his life. Trying to explain everything, trying to figure everything out, trying to understand. I'm not going there until they explain it to me. I'm not doing that until I have all the details. Boy, did God teach me the, to think otherwise. He may have not scorned me by telling me if I created the sun, but he scorned me through my very different storms and many storms. But I'm okay with the storm. I know that I do not hide from the storm. I brace for the flood. I know that God will pull me from the same flood and give me my testimony. I know that God will use my life unworthy or not, preacher man or not, man of God or not, to tell the devil he's wrong day in and day out, just like he'll use yours. And so after we finally take our baby home and my wife comes home and I'm, I'm home with the both of them, you can imagine I'm happy. You can imagine I'm joyful. After Job went through what he went through, God restored him, gave him twice as much as he had before. Where he had 1,000 sheep, he has 2,000 now. Where he had 5,000 cows, he has 10,000 now. And he was able to have another seven sons and three daughters. God restored what he took because it wasn't for Job's to lose. He did nothing. Sometimes you didn't do anything to go through the storm you're going through. But God will not leave you empty-handed. I took my son home. I have my son with me. I have my wife with me. And then here's how God honors. When you trust his ways, when you trust his process and his ideas, even if you don't understand them, trusting is not understanding. Trusting is trusting. Don't try to over, uh, uh, over explain that. Trusting is trusting. I don't understand, but I trust you. So then God brings those other three friends back around to Job. God says, pray for them because they were wrong. And the three of you have sinned against me for trying to make Job believe that he was a bad man. So when the bad company leaves, don't think they're gone forever. <laughs> That's too deep. It's too deep. God's going to bring them back to honor you, to let you have another chance to show them what you knew from the beginning, to show them that what they advice they were giving you, they had no idea what they were talking about. God's going to bring them back around and God made Job pray for them and he prayed for them and he released them and God sent them to a faraway land where they did not have all of the things they used to have. Job was restored. He was given the things he had lost. He has given the things that he just, God took his health, his family, his finances. 
God will restore you after your storm. God will restore you after what you've been through. There are people right now listening, and maybe even in this living room, that are dealing with anxiety, with depression, with suicide, with addiction, with financial situations, you name it. A lot is going on in this year, family. 2020 has been that storm. Whether you decided that it was your storm or not, it's everybody's storm, let me tell you. 2020 is the one thing the world has in common for once. Isn't that sad? That a storm, a sickness, something that's meant to kill people is the one thing that we all have in common for once. Regardless of religion, regardless of where you are, regardless, we all share the fear of this unseen thing they call COVID-19. I'm not afraid because God has a purpose and I don't understand it, but I'm okay with not understanding. But I know that one day God will call on those people that he meant to use for the time like this. I choose to stand up now. I'm not hiding. We're not hiding. Hope Center is not hiding. You're not hiding in the name of Jesus. It's in times like these where God either gives you a testimony or a trustimony. And I'd rather have a trustimony than a testimony. Testimonies hurt. And sometimes you don't recover. But a trustimony is different because God never means to wipe you out. He means to strengthen you and tell that lying adversary, you're wrong, baby, you're wrong. You've always been wrong. Here's the important thing. Job is in the beginning of this Bible. He used a man on earth to show the devil he's wrong. Many books later and many hundreds of centuries later, he did it again. This time he sent Jesus to show the devil he's going to beat death. Two thousand years later, he's doing it again with you and you and you and you and you and you and me. God's not done yet. Everybody is either quitting, hiding, or just playing it safe. In other words, cursing the name of the Lord. But if you decide to stand up now and believe and trust, God will see you through. Let's stand for a second. I want to speak to somebody today. I want to speak to some families. Help me pray. The people that I mentioned that are dealing with anxiety, depression, through their storm, through their flood, through whatever it may be, right there where you're listening. There's no power in me, but as a man of God, all I have to do is send the word, but you have to receive the word. So right there where you are, I wanna release a word of restoration upon your life right now. I wanna release a word of trusting the Lord without understanding. I want to release, help me pray family, there's people in need. I want to release right now this morning a word that you will trust God through your storm, that your purpose is not over, that your life is not to end now, that God will do what he must in your life. I want to speak to that marriage about to quit. I want to send a word of fortification to your home right now that God intervene where he must, that God fix and mend what's broken and hurt, that God give clarity in his due time, not yours. 
I want to remove that spirit in the name of Jesus to those watching of depression. The adversary is a liar, friends. God proved them wrong with Job. God proved them wrong with Jesus. God proves them wrong every single day with people, women and children and men of God and women of God and servants. So I'm telling you that the devil is wrong in your life, that you do have another day to live, that you do have more purpose in the name of Jesus. Jesus. The devil has never been right about you. And the God has never allowed the devil to take your life. So whatever it is you're going through, you cannot call on to death so immediately. You cannot quit so fast to realize that it's over now. God never allows the devil to touch your life. Your life belongs to God. Your life belongs to God. So this very moment, along with my brothers and sisters in this living room, I feel God. I feel the anointing of God. We want to send a word of fortitude to your life. We want to send a word of strength to your life to endure not only your storm, but your flood and your lack of understanding. Job's hardest obstacle was not losing his money, was not losing his family, was not being sick. His hardest obstacle was not knowing why. And I'm here to tell you right now in the name of Jesus, there is a purpose to everything. And we are too small and too insignificant in the scheme of God to try and understand. Even if he wanted to let you understand, it wouldn't fit in your head no matter how big your head is. So I release comfort in the name of Jesus. I release the presence of God on your life in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for this time.